see these lines on my face They're a map of where I've been And the deeper they are traced The deeper life has settled in How do we survive Living out our lives And I could not trade a line Make it smooth and fine Or pretend that time stands still I want to rest my soul Here where it can grow without fear Another line, another year I'm still standing here See these marks on my skin They are the lyric of my life Every story I begin just means another ends in sight. Only lovers understand. Skin just covers who I am. And I could not trade a line, make it smooth and fine, or pretend that time stands still. Rest my soul here where it can grow without fear. Another line, another year. I'm still standing here. See these bruises, see these scars. Hieroglyphs that tell the tale. You can read them. Trade a line, make it smooth and fine, or pretend that time stands still. I plan to rest my soul here where it can grow without fear. Another line, another year. I'm still standing here. I'm still standing here. I'm still standing. That's brand new music from Janice Ian. Her new album is called The Light at the End of the Tunnel, and Janice Ian is on the line. Hi, Janice. Hi, Michael. How are you today? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing better than I've been in a while. You know, it's always good when the album is done and you look at it and you can actually touch it and, and think, oh my gosh, there it is. Well, this is the first album you've done in like 15 years. What was the inspiration? I had this whiteboard full of song titles, and I, I had decided that it was time to slow down, although you can't tell it from my tour schedule, and I wanted to do a final album, a final solo album, I should say, because I'm not I'm not going to preclude working with other artists. So uh, once I had 12 songs that I felt really measured up to what I wanted to create, 
I started putting the album together, and I got lucky that Victor Krauss was available to work on Better Times Will Come, and Randy Liego was available to do Resist. My friend John Perry's studio was available. I got lucky in a lot of ways, and then my tour kept getting postponed because of COVID, so I had a lot of time at home. I'm still standing here. Sounds like you were being dismissed. Why did you write that? Well, I think something happens as you get older. People tend to ask you, uh, are you still alive? Or uh, I had a little girl come up to me after a concert and say, are you still alive, really? And they tend to think that because you're not on the charts or on television, you've stopped creating. So you're fighting that perception. You're also fighting the perception that as you get older, the scars, the bruises that you've amassed somehow make you less. It's a hard thing to get old in this society or to be older. And I hit 70, and it was very clear to me that um, you know, doctors start saying, well, at your age, it's to be expected. And people at gas stations start calling you ma'am. And people offer to carry your groceries. And I was standing there going, wait a minute, I'm still on two feet. I'm still okay. And I'm still writing songs and I'm still performing. The song really grew out of that kind of frustration. I wanted to say, people like me are still standing. And I actually wrote it in when I turned 60. So... It's, it's, it's a good thing that I still remembered it. Yeah, well, it sounds like this album is, is like, you're making it sound like it is your final album. Have, have, are you come to terms with the end of your life? No, not the end of my life. Gosh, good gosh. <laughs> well. um, no, but certainly the end of touring, the way that touring is, certainly the end of making solo albums and having all the pressure that goes with that. Not the end of playing with other musicians. I love working with other musicians. Not the end of recording. I love recording with other people. But the end of the stress of being in the music business and waking up every morning, being on email for eight hours a day, going on tour and sitting in vans for six and eight hours a day. Um, I love performing. I love my audiences. I really do, as Pollyanna-like as that sounds. I really do love that part of my life. But I spend 12 hours of each day getting ready for that 90 minutes. So I figure I've earned the right to walk on the beach a little, take the occasional vacation from email, go away and walk without my phone. You know, you, there's, there's 10 million ways to reach a person now. It's not like when I was a kid and you had a telephone or, or a, a letter. Now, gosh, there's seven or eight right at my fingertips this moment. So... I'm done with that. I'm done with that as the end of the next year. I'm done with that. Janice Ian is on the line. It sounds like you're trying to say you want to retire. I want to retire from being so busy. I want to rewire so that I don't have to be this busy. Why? Why? I want you, to keep writing. You're busy because, well, you have your own record label. As, as, as Distributing your new album on your own record label, I guess that adds to your, your stress there. Sure. That's a lot of work. Being a writer is a lot of work. Being a performer is a lot of work. I'm not complaining because I've gotten to earn a living doing things that I love all my life. And most people don't have that luxury. But there's a point where as a writer, which is what I've always been first, 
you think about the amount of time you're spending on other things, like being a record company owner, owning a publishing company, trying to get other people to do things, chasing people, chasing people who don't pay you, you know, all of those things. And you go, I really just don't want to do this part anymore. I want to write and I want to have a life with my family. Why don't you have someone doing that for you? Ah, try and find someone. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. I'd love that. Boy, just do a brain dump into somebody else's brain. Say, here's everything I know and everyone I know. You know, other people have their own lives. And I always tell my classes, young performers, if a manager comes to you and says, you're my entire life, I love you more than my own family, run the other way. Janice Ian is on the line. And your your career started when you were a young teenager, and uh, you, you were part of that Greenwich Village folk music scene. And you you had a hit right away with Society Child, and uh, uh, At 17 was a massive hit. And and I always think of this folk music scene as, I guess it's different in New York City, but uh, it, it, was it was it a cutthroat music scene back there in the 60s? No, no, and it still isn't. Folk music just really doesn't have that ethic. In fact, it's embarrassing in the folk world if you are cutthroat. Uh, you do for your friends, you help people along, and you behave yourself. It's a very different world from what the pop world has become. Um, you don't you don't hear about folk singers uh, getting getting drunk or high and then beating somebody up. That just doesn't happen in folk music. It's it's a small community still, and it's a community that cares about songs and about community. Well, you've gone If beyond. No, that's okay. I, I was lucky and unlucky with Society's Child because it became a lightning rod for a lot of hatred during the civil rights era. And a lot of that hatred was directed at me, and I was 15, so hatred is hard to take at any age. But at 15, I really didn't understand the power of a song. I was lucky because I got to see firsthand just how powerful an impact one song could have. Society's Child was an impactful song. In fact, there's a song on your new album, uh, Resist, which kind of pushes a few buttons. I'm not going to play it, hmm. uh, but it has a great video uh, that you made with it. Are you, are you try I guess you're trying to push buttons with Resist. I don't know if I'd call it trying to push buttons. I was pretty angry when I started it. I was very annoyed that... I had tried to uh, get one of the major music magazines to talk to me about being a guitarist. And I was dismissed because women don't sell music magazines. That was what I was told. And I found that really disheartening in this day and age. And then I really got angry. And I realized that much of my life when people had told me, oh, you know, that's not going to sell because you're a woman. CDs will never sell as many for a woman as a man. Women will never sell as many concert tickets. Women will never play guitar as well. All of these things. I realized I had always just kind of gone, okay, well, I'll keep doing it anyway. But I'd never made a fuss. And I thought, it's time to make a fuss. One of the things I love about that song is that the people commenting on it, and on the video in particular, which I think is a wonderful video, are almost equally male and female. It's heartening to me that so many men, and particularly young men, understand that 
there is there is an inequality there that needs to be addressed and that we all have to tackle it together. It is a powerful video. Uh, uh, Resist is that song. But I'm going to play another song. And before I play Nina, I'm going to ask you, uh, I recently saw a video of yours online when you gave a, um, a speak at Berkeley School of Music. And you mm. mentioned an artist has a choice, either be a citizen of the world or a citizen of the country. Uh, can you expand on that a little bit? I think great artists, and I, I'm not saying myself, but a Picasso, a Nina Simone, a Josephine Baker, um, a Marlena Dietrich, uh, you can no longer be satisfied flag-waving. You have to reach out to the rest of the world and understand that we're all connected. It's a cliche again, but my acting teacher, Stella Adler, once said that as I got older, I would discover I had more in common with an artist from another country whose language I didn't speak than I had in common with my family. And I have found that in general to be true. There is a connection between artists and scientists, I might add, who are a different sort of artist that transcends borders. And I think the world would be a much better place if we could all learn to transcend those borders because ultimately we're all human. I'm a science fiction fan, um, you may know that. And among the science fiction community, we joke that there will be racism and there will be borders until <laughs> extraterrestrials try to invade us, at which point we will all be human and none of the rest will matter. I would hope that as an artist, I realize that we are all human and the rest of it really doesn't matter. The Light at the End of the Line is Janice Ian's new album. Did you know Nina Simone? I did. I knew Nina from the time I was about 15 years old until she died. And we spent a lot of good times together and a lot of hard times together. She was not easy uh, by any stretch of the imagination. But to this day, and I have seen pretty much every major act in my lifetime. Nina is head and shoulders the best solo performer I have ever seen. If you watch the documentary Liz Garbus made called Whatever Happened, Miss Simone, there's some footage of her performing that gives you an idea, but you cannot imagine what it's like for a performer and songwriter to watch her on stage at her best. She was unearthly. Uh, yeah. And, and one of the things I love about that song is that it's a thin line to talk about somebody who clearly has so many mental and emotional issues and capture those issues in a way that's not derogatory and yet also speak of what she gave me, the astonishing talent she had as, as a, a player Remember, Michael, when I was growing up, there were very few female role models for someone like me. I played, I arranged, I scored, uh, meaning orchestrated, I wrote, I performed. I wanted to be great at all those things. And I would look around and I was very male identified because it was mostly men doing that, except for Nina. Nina had her own band. She told them what to play. She did the arranging. She did the piano. She's a brilliant pianist. She did the singing. 
She did the production. She, she was all the things I wanted to be and remained so. Janice Ian from her new album, The Light at the End of the Line, here is Nina Song. Nina, I can see your face Caught up in the song's embrace Alphabets of lightning falling from your lips Raining on your fingertips Any kind of fool could see You were always meant to be Miracles and moonlight worshipped from afar Burning like a falling star And how were you to know this world was so damned hard Nina, can't you see, you were always beautiful to me. Crazy as a loon, in your own cartoon, what a world those eyes must see. When you hit the mark, you stopped my heart. Then you turn around and grind it right into the ground. I'd find it cradled in the arms of song, right where miracles be. Melody and madness, sanctity and sadness, a heart at war, nothing more. But how were you to know this world was so damned hard on beauty? Nina Song, that's Janice Ian from her new album, The Light at the End of the Line. I'm going to play one more song from the album, Janice, but before I play that, you, you, you're you rather outspoken about a lot of things. And one of the thing, one of the commentaries I enjoyed that you did a few years back is when Napster, I guess, first came out. And 
when mm. the, the whole music industry blew up because you can get everything free online. H- how has that changed your strategy with your re- music production? <laughs> oh, wow. Um, the internet debacle. You know, I wrote that for a small magazine called Performing Songwriter, and next thing I knew, it had gotten on this site called Slashdot, and next thing I knew, it had half a million readers and uh, was being quoted in Congress and in textbooks. Um I was assigned to write an article about the evils of downloading. But the more that I researched it, the more I discovered that downloading was actually helping the artists. It was not perhaps helping the record companies, but it was helping the artists. And Napster had offered to make a deal. And I think that, I can't remember the statistic, but if the record companies had taken the deal, they would have been making billions. I mean, we're talking stupid money. What has happened now is it went the way that it had to go uh, in order to keep the powers that be empowered and making money. It went to streaming. If you buy music, for instance, from Amazon digitally or from Apple iTunes digitally, you're not owning that music. You're renting it. It can be taken away from you at any time. People don't understand that. They don't understand that streaming was created precisely because you cannot share a stream. You can't copy a stream. You can only listen to it live. So it's, it's for, for the entertainment industry, it is the only way to really control the money. It has not helped songwriters. Certainly we're getting just slaughtered by it. It has not helped performers very much, but it has certainly put the money back in the hands of the people who had it. So how has it changed my my world? Not very much. Um, I still make a lot of my music available free. I still try to keep my prices down. I'm still charging 15 bucks when everybody else is charging 25. And I still sell things at my shows, if we ever all get to tour again, for a price that I consider would be affordable for me if I was a teenager. That's not really a strategy. That's just doing right by the audience. Janice Ian. Well, I'm going to play one more song, but before I play Better Times Will Come, why does bettertimeswillcome.com? Oh, well, that started because lockdown started, and I had all these friends who suddenly couldn't earn a living or pay their rent. I had just written a song called Better Times Will Come after John Prine died. His death hit me very hard. I wrote the only three-chord song of my life, and I said to John Gorka, hey, if your tour's been canceled, why don't you try recording this song that I wrote and I'll put it on my Facebook page and see if we can get you some business, sell some CDs. It was so successful that a bunch of other artists contacted me, poets and writers, and I said, if you folks will do versions of this song, I'll put them up on Facebook. And it kept working. People on Facebook kept supporting these artists. So I got the website bettertimeswillcome.com, and I reached out to a bunch of friends, and they reached out to their friends. And before I knew it, we had versions in Chinese, and uh, we had sign language versions for the deaf in uh, Dutch and Japanese, and we had cartoons for kids because all the drawing books were sold out. And right now, I think we're up to 188 versions. And it's all free. It's all downloadable. Uh, so... You're right. That that does go back to my original internet debacle article. 
Janice Ian, her new album is The Light at the End of the Line, and here is Better Times Will Come. Janice, thank you so much for taking time to talk to us. Michael, thank you, and I'll talk to you closer to the tour as well. Excellent. Much appreciated. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Better times, better times will come, better times, better times will come. When this world learns to live as one, oh, better times will come. Better times, better times will come, better times. Better times will come When this world learns to live as one Oh, better times will come Dawn without fear, knowing love one soon will be near. And when the winds of war cannot blow anymore, oh, better times will come. Better times, better times will come. Better times, better times will come. To live as one Oh, better times will come Though we live each day is our last We know someday soon it will pass 
talking about yes Better to 